0: Welcome back to the Farm Fantasy 16 spoiler cast. This part of the spoiler cast is going to cover all of our thoughts on the story up to the end of the Bahamas section of the game. There's a lot to dig into so I'll just let the podcast get started. I, I'm going to have a very fucked up time because I left the game on for a long time for taking these notes. <laughs> so I've got like 12 hours in the game yesterday where I'm just sitting there in um in Vivian's chambers what, reading through the history of the game's lore. Oh, her. Oh my God. We'll
1: talk to her when she's introduced. I mean, this is where she's That's introduced. Basically now. Yeah. Well, yeah. God damn it, I do no, know, I right know right now. It's like, fuck. Okay, Clive. You do hide finished. away. You, oh, new hierarchy is great and it's like you definitely feel how it's like oh in the five years we didn't kill any mother crystals and it's like it really gets like okay five years we had to like pick everything up and get it everything set back up our leader is dead because we all were basically just followers of his cult of personality um and then they had to like okay try and reestablish all the connections and past whatever that sid had already spent like 20 years laying down So it's like, they got to get that shit back up and running. And they got it fine in like 5, so it's like, sure it took some time, but it's like, yeah, they set up, we're all set, we even got new people, including Vivian. And whenever the game's like, go talk to Vivian, it's like, god fucking damn it, I don't want to talk to Vivian. Because it's like, okay, you're going to this area, here's a bunch of, I'm going to talk for like 10 minutes, and it's just a bunch of bluff that doesn't really mean anything and stuff that you can't just pick up from just walking through the town and hearing the people talk. It's just, it is such a waste. It's like, you know, if it feels like a homes where it's like, you could talk to him and then they can, you know, give the in-depth stuff. That'd be fine. I'd be fine with her. Cause it's like, Oh, I want to know more about how, Sandbreck is invading Twin Side and all this other shit. Okay. Dr. never heard that. I don't need the game to go, okay, we need to go do this. All right, go talk to Vivian for like 10 minutes. And it's like every time the game makes you talk to Vivian, it's like, God damn it. I'm going to go do hunts now.
2: I like Herpocrates more than I do Vivian. So I agree. It, it, it makes yeah. no
1: sense because it's like everything that Tones is Vivian except better. And it makes no sense because they're literally like in just right across the room from each other it's like I can walk two minutes talk to tomes and everything Vivian does tomes does better
0: yeah tomes is more of an archive of what you've already seen Vivian acts more as here's the situation she's like, she's
2: a political
3: yeah she's a yeah. political timeline and, but I think sorry the introduction of yeah the introduction of Vivian is part of where act two II and three kind of I don't know if I'd even say necessarily they fumble the political comment, like the political theater sort of stuff that they do so much as a lot of it just kind of stops trying like they just rather than showing you things that are happening rather than like keeping the ongoing like development of the political situation a lot of it is just you talk to Vivian and she explains like what the Iron Kingdom is and what they've been doing recently or she tells you like these are the troop movements we can expect from this sort of situation
2: and I mean- I think it's a, a big lot of important show, and I don't care for it. Yeah, I think the only thing that really important she does is she like tells you the location. She found out where the location of Hugo was. That was basically the most important thing. She's like, "Oh yeah, Hugo. He's he's over here." It's like, "Okay, cool." Yeah, Although...
0: it's, it's a lot of her mm-hmm. being the situation map is like the story justifying why it now is a good time to go after the mother crystals, and she's the, she's the mouthpiece of this is why you should go here now. And to and play like,
3: the Final Fantasy fourteen comparison game, it reminds me a lot of bits in the plot for that, where it's like, you've just done a thing, you go back to like the Crystarium, for example, in Shadowbringers, and then the game has to be like the, okay, people may have taken a break for like weeks at a time, so let's have all of the characters sit down and restate exactly what's going on in the plot right now, so that anybody who I've has taken a break...
1: Yeah. That's right. They're missing. They built that in. They built that same mindset in this game, and it's like there's not two months in between patches. No, it, I don't need it, this. <laughs> I under i understand why such a thing
3: like that exists, but look, the simple fact is, is, is people are taking two months off a game. Like it's on them to catch up. <laughs> I understand people have to sometimes take a break, but you can't mutilate. It's like they brought that MMO. Like that. It's like yeah.
1: I understand why it's in fourteen. It's like. Like, hell, I took breaks. I skipped like four months before I did some MSQ shit. But it's just like this is a single player game for a console. I don't need like if they take a break for like two months, you already have like tomes and like journals and like little things like, hey, go do this next idiot, you know, I don't don't need Vivian showing up to say, okay, you moron. Here's why we're going to do this like it's their 14 brain didn't turn off it's like no you're making a single player rpg that you can honest to god finish in a week if you really tried hard enough
0: okay i'm i'm just gonna quickly put a pin into this one for now so we can get a move on um we we can talk about the pacing a little bit more later on um i i also want to jump back a little bit like before the five year time skip um there was also a little section i forgot to mention where um uh, when the bull attack happened, a spy from Dalmechia was tracking everyone, and that culminated into Dalmechia finding where the hideaway was and uh, Titan coming in and absolutely demolishing the, in- the entire mountain, which is why they need to go to a new hideaway and why the five-year time skip happened as well. Which yeah, I completely kind forgot of about
1: mentioning that. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> Establishing Kuka as like the overarching antagonist for Act 2 yeah and that's also where Gav loses his eye and except it's like oh it's stabbed out it's gross and then he shows up later he's got the anime line and it's like
0: yeah. oh my god and yeah so um getting getting a move on with the story um yeah so political side of it Damaki is uh, attacking Sandbreck because crystal, because of Sandbreak taking over the crystalline dominion and that's putting like the major focus of Oh, now's a good time to go get the rest of the mother crystals. Like we've been waiting five years, this is our chance now. Um, and uh, uh but as that's happening, we have a little side tangent where Martha's dress is being attacked, and so um, Clive uh, goes the- over there to help her out. And this is just to establish a faction called the Black Shields of Rosaria. Um, uh, not even of Rosaria; they're just the Black Shields. Um, and they're. Basically, Annabella's uh, um, butchering of what the Shields of Rosaria was, and they're going around as her personal hit squad, going through every village in Rosaria, finding every bearer and um, killing them in the most fucked up ways possible, hanging them on the they're gallows.
2: death squads.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're and, um, not death squads. <laughs> and anyone that's uh, anyone that's um, uh, that's uh, like sympathetic with the branded also gets punished for it. So. Martha's rest gets attacked and we have to help her out and yeah, just find out why, why our mother is such a bitch. Um, but yeah. Uh, Black Shield's
3: never really a thing that goes anywhere either. It like, they're just there being bad and they're bad. And then you kill some of them and then we move on.
0: Yeah. It, they, they kind of wrap up when we get to the next section, which is, um, uh, the first hit, uh, crystal hit, we're going to hit is um over in the Iron Kingdom, and I like this section of the story for Jill because uh, this is where she's like, actually, hold on, this is really important to me. Um, this is going to be the section of the story that kind of focuses on me a little bit, um, and get all of my um emotional trauma out of the way. Like, I was there with you and when you me were some in heavy
1: lifting there.
0: I I was there when um. Uh, you were going through your trauma for Phoenix Gate, and I need to do this myself. And Clive just doubles down, and like, yeah, no, you're with me at Phoenix Gate, so I'll be with you when you go through the Iron Kingdom. Um, it's not like you can separate them anyway because of gameplay reasons. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I like this moment. For, uh, this moment for her, she goes in, she fucks things up a little bit, and the insane non-character that is um Imran, uh, she she waxes poetic with him a little bit, like. Calling, like, calling him out for turning her into a monster, and uh, um, the Iron Kingdom being such a fucked up place, and he
1: just And the is, hypocrisy of uh, calling her you know, oh, you're unclean, but like, please, please, pretty please, do this stuff for us.
0: Yeah, and yeah. He, he also also totally. the misogyny out in- incredibly fast. I feel like we've
1: skipped some stuff,
2: it's like we have. Wait, and Don't wait,
0: worry. I hey, hey, hey,
4: yeah. hey, we skipped.
2: We skipped. We skipped the reintroduction of Wade. Yeah. We've also we've also skipped like probably the most emotional scene yeah, for yeah, me, yeah. anyways.
0: So don't, don't worry. I like, jump back to that. I'm just like waxing poetic about why I like this yeah. section for Jill so much.
1: I'm also not giving him so much shit because I see this annotation that says, "No, stop. I know you're all itching to talk about Jill, but we will get to her later." So nah. That's why I'm trying to keep quiet. No, <laughs> Jill. Uh,
2: it's, it's all about Uncle Byron, man.
1: Yeah, Uncle the, Byron yep. is. Yep, we that we get scene it. where Clive is. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold <laughs> on. We'll, we'll get there. I do. I,
0: I want. To, I want to cover the waiters hey, first because hey, this goes you know, up to what Kaiser said before about the Black Shields becoming non-existent right away. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So the Iron Kingdom is going to be the first target, and they have to that. Clive brings up, he has an un- uncle that's, uh, that lives in a port village and he has a lot of boats. So they should go visit him and get one of his boats. And along the way, they run into this abandoned city that's um, overrun by these people that are, co- are calling themselves the, um, the Keepers of the Flame. And that's where we get reintroduced to Sir Wade from way earlier in the game. And there's a bit of a heartfelt reunion between, um, between Clive and Wade and Clive helps him take down some Black Shields, and that becomes a stopping point for the Black Shield storyline. Like, essentially, you leave the rest of the Black Shields to the Keepers of the Flames to deal with. And then we move on to Uncle Byron, which is a character, uh, for all intents and purposes, this is a character that's just been made as a Deus Ex Machina to get them a ship to go to the Iron Kingdom, but it it is the most heavily emotional scene in the entire game for me. God oh, man! If you if you, the if, in the game.
2: if you if you count if you count any of the guest people as party members, he's 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 just a party member, man. He's just a great party member. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, he is a party <laughs> member.
1: He joins um for yeah. like the whole of getting to Dalmechia.
2: Yeah, he's great. He is like he, he's in my top. He's got to be in my top. Like probably three, maybe four favorite characters in this game. Like, yeah, straight I, up. I just I, that man that that scene. I
3: just starts so acting and good. seeing seeing him just like fall apart as you realizes, oh, like these aren't just imposters, like this is actually Clive, he
2: is still alive, just <laughs> it's done so well, you know what made that you know what made that seem so good was the fact that we've never been introduced to this character. This is the first time we're meeting him, and the emotion he's showing in the first five minutes we see him knowing that he has a family member that's still alive is just like. Oh man, this is like this is, is heart wrenching for, for a character like who is
3: introduced literally in that scene, barely two minutes before it starts like laying it on like
1: that. Like that's yeah. a scene crying for, and you yeah. just met Byron. Yeah, yeah it's, it w- I love how like oh he's like I, you know how many times I heard some like fools showing up to my place trying to get my fortune using the names of my dead family members. I'm gonna have you idiots killed. And then And Clive doesn't you know, even
0: say I've, anything. He just walks to center stage playing, and starts yeah starts doing a play that he knows has a deep meaning for Byron.
1: Yeah it's like like Jill and Torgle is like they're not gonna convince him. So he's just like no stand up, and he stands up and he pretends to take the sword and he starts doing the play and then it's like on instinct before he even like you know it's it's like his body Reflexively remembered before his brain caught up, and he starts acting the play out with Clive, and then like the recognition comes to Byron. I can't
2: like, remember the character's name that he's playing. Byron's like, "You never let me play." Him. <laughs> just like, yeah. oh
3: yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. He start he starts playing his half of the scene as the tears start streaming down his face because like he's realizing it, but he's still like,
2: yeah, he's shock. Yeah, exactly. This this dude this dude's been dead for what, eighteen years? That's how long he thought he's been dead? 18 years? Like nearly two decades.
3: decades. The rest of his family was murdered, basically. Yeah. But I I also, like, even before that part, it's also it gives you a really good look at who Byron is as a character because he doesn't send like his household guard or something to deal with it. He stomps down the hall <laughs> yeah. with his axe in his hand and busts through the door like, I'm going to do this myself because that that's seat the is kind hilarious. of guy he is.
2: You can just hear you can just hear him stomping through and he's like, yeah, it does. Uncle Byron doesn't seem too happy with us. Yeah, and then when, when <laughs> he's... So uh, much personality, I see.
0: And then the celebration afterward, like, how joyful he is calling Rutherford and not letting Clive just, like, get his story through. He's like, no, no, we're going to discuss this over dinner. You can't just come into my life this suddenly and just leave right away. We need to we need to talk. We need to have a heart-to-heart. We need to celebrate that my nephew is alive. And yeah. it,
1: it's like, that cutscene, like, how you said, oh, he cuts off, and like, it establishes Byron as just, like, He doesn't do, like, anything he does in the story by half measures. It's like, oh, you know, I, Clive's alive. Well, then here, have a fleet of my ships to uh, go sail to the Iron It's Like, oh, we only need one, Uncle Byron. Uh, You can have the fleet anyway when you need to do something else. And it's like, oh, you guys have a hideout for a thing? And you need a little money? Have, like, a billion fucking gale. Yeah,
2: I'm sure, I'm sure we'll, there's some more scenes with him later on, I'm sure we'll talk about, because, like, when they get to Delmeca, there, there's a scene there that just made me laugh. Oh really? my God, that's like the funniest yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, I also, yeah. There's also, um,
3: I just wanted to point out during that scene there's the bit where they tell him what's going on and he's like, right, well, we'd better destroy the mother crystals. And Clive's like, you believe me? And he's like, not really. But I also, like, until five minutes ago, thought you were dead. So, yeah. like, and Dude. weird thing, terrible lie. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it's just like Clive has always been a terrible liar. Yeah, and he isn't lying lie. now. So yeah, yeah. And, and and Clive t- turns I, to Jill I, and he's yeah. like,
0: "Is that true?" And Clive, uh, Jill's She's just, just like, like, "Yeah, no, eh. it's it's not
2: not <laughs> true." Yeah, she just kind of shrugs. She's like, eh, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah."
0: It is such a good yeah, scene. Yeah. Like, yeah. We're, we're, yeah, we're told yeah. about this man to leave the things he's claimed. <laughs> Yeah, we're told about this but, man's uh, yeah. existence like ten minutes beforehand, and he just steals the show. It's in, it's incredible. It's heart moving. It's, it's it's such a good moment. It's funny how different he is from his brother. Like Elwin was
2: like real, like serious. I mean, he had a couple parts where he was kind of joking around with Clive when he was younger, but like you could tell that they're they're kind of like. They're, they're he was simple. the responsible brother. But you can tell that that, like, that swashbuckling
3: stagger clearly runs in the
0: family. Yeah, it does. Yeah, because one of the first things that, um, I I think the first thing Elwyn says to Clive when he gets into the throne room is, all right, you can stop licking my shoes, your mother's not here. Yeah. It's like, yeah, they're at at heart they're very fun
3: characters. Like almost immediately, Byron, top three characters, and I spent so much of the rest of the game terrified he would be killed.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, yeah. And stuff was later on? Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. Him dies like, oh, no. But for Gav, like, whenever we saw, like, I don't know if you guys saw, like, the old Berserk 97 anime bloopers where uh, during the eclipse, uh, uh, Guts is like, oh, my God, what's happening? And then Gaston shows up, is like, oh, Gaston! Gaston, you're alive! Why aren't you dead, you fuck It's like, that's me and my brothers. Every time Gav showed up on the screen, he like, you know, if we keep saying, he's, he's gonna die now. No, 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 not yet. Okay, oh, he's gonna be dead now.
2: I was surprised like, one of the cast members didn't die during the stuff that happened at Canberra, really.
1: I feel like what they wanted to do was like, uh, oh, We killed off a bunch of people. Not really. They were just nameless. There wasn't any main characters that died in the uh, first attack to try and keep you on your toes. And we killed Sid, who was a. Hold on. That's not fair.
0: Kenneth the Cook died. And I love Kenneth the Cook.
2: Oh, yeah. I forgot about that guy. I'm going to (laughs) lie. Sure. Starting to realize. Yeah, like. (laughs) (laughs) It was. was was... He had two side quests, bro, and it was to deliver food to people.
0: Yeah, yeah, but he was right, very bro. charming about it. <laughs> Do know yeah, any of the
3: quote unquote good characters actually die after the one?
0: No, it's like um, uh, no. well, characters the that died. So, like, yeah. there, there's, a, there's a side quest with Martel's, and that gets to pay off after she dies. Um, but yeah, I mean, none of the main named characters die. Like, Charon's fine, Blackthorn's fine, Gav is fine. Yeah, some they,
1: uh, and and just
0: die. just just on the topic of uh, deaths in the game, um, they they ju- they're just holding out until they they can drop them all at the same time. Like so that many, dog, so yeah. many. You're you're scared. You're scared. So many characters are going to die, and they don't out the story because they're holding on to them until they just can just go. you yeah, know, Now they're dropping like flies. Um. But yeah, where was I? Where was I? Um. Is, is, everyone, is everyone satisfied with talking about Byron's cutscene? I've, yeah. I've done jacking off Byron for now. We'll, we'll talk about him again later. I guess we're going to Jill now. No, 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 we're not going to Jill until she's done.
1: No, <laughs> um, no, no, we're, so we're at the Iron Keep, we go into the volcano, and yeah. now the it's Jill. Oh, honestly, honestly, it's honestly the only fellow. thing
0: that I haven't already said about the Iron, uh, the Iron Kingdom is that they find another mural there near the heart of the Mother Crystal, and it it just becomes this connecting point that, oh, maybe more of these Mother Crystals are connected to each other in some fashion than we originally the, let on. The and Mother oh,
2: Crystal
3: also like has a defense mechanism where it summons a boss monster for us to fight called yeah. like Liquid Flame. And for my money, it's the worst boss fight in the game. But also, um, Shiva's um, win-to-loss ratio is 0 to 2.
1: They really, really should have let you play as she
2: Oh no, there's lava, let me, you know, just freeze it for you so you can get through this bridge. I. Oh no, there's there's more yeah. lava coming towards you in the middle of the boss fight, let me freeze that lava so it doesn't
0: burn you to death in the middle of the fight. Yeah, this is more of I, a... Thanks, Joe. This is more of a she had to lose for gameplay purposes and story purposes sort of thing because... We Which feels take, just as bad. Yeah, we can't take control away from Clive, so she has to stay in the background and hold off the, the lava so that Clive can take out the boss himself. And oh, Jade man. She can't take control she of
1: Clive. We played as Joshua in the beginning.
0: For like one minute, and it was it's two buttons.
2: Sp- thing, talking about bridges reminds me of the scene where Sid tries to jump across the bridge and just falls through. That's just hilarious.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, but speaking of, like, when she kills, you know, when she's talking shit to the head priest, and then she kills him, and he's like, you know, eat shit, father, you know, fuck you, die. Yeah, she gets the emotional victory was in like, this chapter. Like, it is a nice emotional resolution to her arc. That's the problem. It's a resolution. I-, I won't get started. Um, But uh, my brother, he's like, oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, and then she kills her dad. He's like, what? That wasn't her dad. He's like, she calls him father. He's like, yeah, like, like a priest father. I'm like, yes. It's a double entendre. It's her dad too. Well, they don't say that. You can imply that way. <laughs> yeah,
0: because basically after I mean, Phoenix you know, data, you know, he mean, like, does basically dialogue. raise her. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, let's let's just breeze past that. Um after that happens, we see that we see Joshua like I guess he's it's hard to place where he is in this. Because he's supposed he's to be- He's on the Crystal Road, which is the path between- It's
3: There's a section of the map that you never get to go to that's like a territory between Sandbreck and um, Twinside's territory. And it's called the Crystal Road. He's on his way to Twinside to try and speak with Dion.
0: Yeah, that, that's that's what I got. Like, he he feels like he's at the gate of Twinside, basically. And this, I just want to point that out. To re- it's a really weird moment because he's going to show up when we get to Dalmechia later. And it's like, how did you get here to here and you're way off course of what your mission is? Because he says here, yeah, like Kaiser just said, he he's on his way to Twinside to meet with Dion. Um, but also uh, he collapses on the side of the road um, uh, because he can feel Ultima's pull, like attacking his body. And the medicine girl shows up again and she's, she's trying to offer her potions to uh, Joshua, but he, he waves her off, like, very gently. No, no, it's okay. Um, save your potions for
1: people more in need than me. While he's there coughing up you know, blood. And then Yote shows up and like, get lost, street urchin, I'll heal him. Yeah. Sure, and and sure
0: so... Yeah, so medicine girl leaves the scene and yeah, I guess that he retreats
1: for now. What- I think what it is with uh, how it's like he's on the crystal road to uh, uh, speak to Dion, but then he ends up, like, as you said, in because we're going to get there right now, I guess. They all kind of like meet up at that inn in Dalmecchia, except they just barely miss each other, you know, yeah. kind of goofy comedy style. But I feel like lore wise, you know, it's like, oh, in Dalmechia is where that cult of the Phoenix Flame is that like takes care of him. So I guess it's like, in a roundabout way, it kind of makes sense that, oh, Yote's like, oh, okay, I'm taking you to where everyone is that can heal you up. We stop by there, heal you up, and then we go back to Dion, and we just so happen to miss him when we're going south, farther south too. According to Clive, we're just gonna kill Titan. Don't worry, I won't destroy the Mother Crystal without you, Jill. Wink, wink. All right, Uncle Byron, let's go. <laughs>
0: yeah, I guess that makes sense that, yeah, he... Probably out of medicine, so they need to go back to where the Undying are. And also just pointing out
3: that Joshua has a really cool chest scar from sealing Ultima.
2: He also
1: has cool new rags. It It looks like like a fucking portal in his chest. (laughs) Uh, I wouldn't call it a- uh, It's a cool looking gem in the beginning. You know how it looks like in the end. That shit look ugly. (laughs) It's like, uh -uh, mm uh-uh. But- you see, I was it, Clive can show his titties off, not you, Joshua. Cover him up.
2: <laughs> I don't feel I don't feel so good, Mister Stoke.
1: We don't need to see your chest
0: scars. Um, but yeah. Uh, we also. Uh, so moving on to like now, Hugo and Tyson are going to be the big main focus of the story. Um, uh, we over in Delmec, yeah, Hugo meets up with um, with Annabella, and they're like proposing a deal. Uh, Hugo going. Hey, so, you know, Sid, that guy going around, that's actually your son, Clive. I'm going to kill him. If you don't get in my way, then I'll let you just have all of Sandbreck's control for yourself and I'll just back up, back away. You don't have to worry about anything. And at the moment he leaves the room, Annabella just starts talking shit about him, starts talking shit about Benedicta and like patting her new son, Olivier's Olivier's
1: head. Um, also making- really weird fascination with her and her sons just really strange. Just yeah. throwing that out there. Yeah, she, she is like
0: trying to groom him into being the next emperor to rebuild the world in its image. Little thing that I, I noticed. Say, uh, yeah,
1: I'd I, 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 I stop at just groom him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, a little thing that I noticed the first time was that I noticed that there was a blue glow, meaning that Ultima must have had some involvement in the scene. I, I initially I thought it was on Annabella herself. Like maybe a bracelet or something, but watching it the second time, I notice that it's uh, the doll's eyes that Olivia is holding are the things that are glowing blue, which means that ultimately yeah. they have like it's starting possess starting his possession of um Olivia through that doll. Yeah, this, um, yeah.
3: The scene is just another um, good excuse to have Annabella be a hate
0: sink. Um, yeah. Um. So, yeah. yeah. Uh. Let, let's just speed run this a little bit. Um. Clive and Byron um uh Clive and Byron uh team up to go de- uh, go um to Dalmechia like uh DD said before and they they hit up a bar together because um uh, that's probably the best place to um to uh, get it, get the
1: information they need. Um yeah cuz Byron's like look Clive I know you're going to go down just to kill Titan wink wink um but I'm Need to go down there anyway because oh, I need wait, to Oh, wait, sorry. I'm skipping a lot of story
0: out. here, actually. Oh, which yeah, I'm skipping so much yeah, Rosario. Here. Yeah, this is Something the whole Rosaria part. Take, yeah, Koopka takes Rosario.
1: Yeah. Oh, shit. Right. I forgot about that part.
0: <laughs> yeah, so immediately after that scene, Koopka um, invades Rosaria and is taking over that place. And everyone's like, Clive, this is a trap. And Clive's like, yeah, I know. It's a trap. But this is also no, this is also a trap. Hugo walk out of it anyway. Oh
1: no, we're getting your ass kicked! Help!
0: <laughs> yeah, this is also Hugo just blatantly putting himself out into the open. I need to take this chance and put him into the ground because I don't know when another chance like this is gonna pop up. So him, Jill, uh, Toggle, and Gav go out, um, and it, Clive and Jill get captured, and this is this is gonna start the downfall of Jill. Just quickly, I, quickly pointing that uh, out now. <laughs>
3: I know what I want to point out is not 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 the fact that Jill once again needs rescuing, um, but the fact that you get you get through the like the dungeon section of um the Rosarian city. Um, also, it's O three. Huh? Oh, O three. The wind The win, uh, loss. The win yeah. loss.
4: It's O three. <laughs> oh,
3: oh, I'm I'm strictly counting Shiva. If I counted Jill as well, it'd be very unkind. Um okay. But no, the the thing that I really really don't like is this is something that some games and some animes will do is um you have the boss fight with the um the curl and that's a cool boss fight and then you kill the beast and it's like yeah and then you turn around and Kuka's just captured Jill like he's he's just apparated from nowhere and has her that's and cool. I hate that so much because it's like he just appears and captures Jill. We're not going to think too hard about it, because if we did, it would fall apart. But there he also is, the and he's has already. Also the
1: bracelets, which is like, fine, I guess, you know. Yeah, we, we've known about those a for a little bears. while,
0: but they've never actually been on points. Like, she would have had them at the beginning of the game when the Iron Kingdom had her in chains. You know, the uh,
2: two, two characters that shine in this moment is Gav coming to save Clive and Torval. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yes. toggle.
0: I want to get into because um, uh, they're going to He's behead. A fast wolf. <laughs> yeah, they're going to behead Jill because hey, Sid took uh Benedicta's head. I'm going to take Sid's love's head. Um, it- it's poetic. And as she's as the um executioners are showing up to the scene, toggle like freaks out and goes into like a semi primed um state himself. And yeah, we we get some information on him. Like yeah, he's from a he's he's a frost wolf, which is a ancient wolf bloodline where they all lived with Shiva. And because they were always so close to, with Shiva, they like inherited some of her power. And hey, Toggle, his entire life has he's been straight up a dominance. Yeah, his
2: his is straight up. He's uh, straight up Fenrir. I yeah, mean, basically. They, 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 yeah. they, they, they mentioned that, like, he's literally, like, a, he's basically a dominant, but not a dominant.
3: Yeah, this, this is very, like, I'm stopping and examining this during my Final Fantasy mode playthrough. Like, I'm kind of, I'm curious as to why they did this, because Torgal having crazy magic powers, like, other than explaining why he doesn't turn Akashic when you run around in Aether Floods with him, why is he a magic frost wolf? Like, it has no bearing on any other aspect of the game at all. It's
0: just to make him cooler, and I guess to do the it's... whole Shiva and Fenrir thing. Yeah, because
2: I think, I think, well, yeah, because he's Fenrir, so he's, nice, he's a nice wolf. And I think there was some, wasn't there like some, like, there was some lure that basically explained that he, that they, like, Elwin found him while they were,
1: like, up there in the north. Yeah region. Yeah, he's he's, he's explained back. he's coming from the
3: north, so he's yeah. from
1: this apparent... He's Diamond Dog from, uh, he's D-Dog from, uh, Mel-Gashod 5. Except, luckily, Elwyn didn't accidentally hit the, uh, melee button instead of the capture button, so didn't backhand a little poor puppy Torgal in the beginning.
0: Yeah, I think the Final Fantasy fourteen team just, like, set Fenrir and Shiva together because in the Shiva questline in A Realm Reborn, you do fight Fenrir first as well.
1: Yeah, you do too. Yeah. I was gonna say more of uh, Dalamud and that uh, that new boss in the Alliance Raid. Watch your face, the lovers, or some shit. Oh, um, Minfina? Yeah, there we go. Um, but yeah, I just...
3: This sticks out to me because it has absolutely no relevance to anything at all. It is just there to make
1: Torgal cooler. I was probably power scaling, it's like, so why is this random ass dog joining us to fight Ultima? <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, but uh yeah he he gets it's just a cool power-up for him in the end i think and yeah so after saving jill um we have our boss fight with um hugo and before the boss fight begins clive's just like oh hey by the way you're you're blaming sid for all of this i was the one that killed benedicta and that just that gets that gets hugo hard like, he's like, oh, so uh, this entire time I've just been trying to bury Sid's name because that was the only thing I could think to do to, um, to avenge her. But now that I know that the person that actually killed her is right in front of me, I, I get to savor this so much more. And the, yeah. their fight yeah. is yeah,
2: he, intense. He wants to throw hands and his hands got thrown. <laughs>
4: yeah, that's the best way to put
3: it. Again, the dominant fights are the best fights in the game, and the Hugo fight continues that trend.
2: Yeah, the, the, the primed fights, they're probably the best fights in the game, straight yeah. up. Yeah. Um, Great
3: boss fight, good fun, and it ends um, You know, just huge round of applause, give him a hand. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but, uh, as, as the fight goes on, um, Hugo's losing his semi-primed abilities, and because he's not hard as stone anymore, um, the swords just cle- cleanly cut his hands off, and he starts rampaging. And while he's rampaging, Titan's like, "Yeah, no, I'm getting the fuck out of here," and goes to Clive.
1: Yeah, and also that's where we uh, first see Slepnir in the uh, game. Yeah, I like how he picked the- up. I like how he just punches him and like picks him up.
2: Yeah, like, yeah. We, Damn, he he strongest near. Is, he's strongest. He's strongest. It's, All he totally like, did was punch him one time in the chest. And he's like, oh, like oh god. Well, establishing old, establishing sure. yeah,
3: establishing that Sleep is on a different level and also just doing that very anime thing of I'm going to punch you in the stomach and that will cause you to instantaneously become unconscious.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. Speaking of uh that uh with uh, you know disarming uh Hugo Kupo, um he, something that I noticed in 16 did you call him this, Hugo Cooper? Yeah, yeah I, I yeah. can't fucking remember his name. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's,
2: basically, that's basically it, bro. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. But there's no real, like, gore modeled in 16. And it's just like, well, we see Elwyn's, you know, we see Clive's dad's head get cut off. It's like, yeah, we do. But we but never see like, the body head model, and the heads separated. no i think just no we do Mm -hmm. it's like you don't actually see like the actual gore right like you see the head you see it's like there but you don't see like you don't see the stump you don't see like any of that stuff when hugo's hands get cut off you don't see that you just see kind of like the blood you know good camera work showing that yeah his hands are gone and he's like writhing in pain and shit like but you never actually like but they don't actually like explicitly show you any of the, like, even when you ripped off Garuda's arms, it's like, you rip it off and you see the patented Final Fantasy, you know, fucking FX shit all over the place, right? Yeah, um, I think that might just I have think, something yeah. to
0: do where even though this is a mature-rated game in America, they might not be able to get away with some stuff in Japan. I think, and, yeah, dismemberment pushes it across a sensor line, so they just have to keep
3: it with the fancy ca- uh, camera work.
1: Yeah, I mean, like- which I think it works, because also it's just like this is the first, like, m rated main Final Fantasy this is probably the first one where they actually gone this far. It's good. It does it does everything it needs to. It's not like I kind of want to see like this fallout, you know, head exploding kind of gore shit. yeah, and I yeah think it also I It also feel like it works in the dev's behavior because it's just a lot of screen uh, you know, work time that's just completely saved by not animating all this viscera. and I don't think the devs would really want to just like, all right, time to go watch live leak to study to how I'm supposed to animate this, right? You know, I don't. I, you know, I think uh, you know, good on the devs and Yoshpi for saying we're gonna have some rated M violence. We're not gonna like go overboard. Like, you know, his hands are gone. That's good enough. You don't need to see like the fucking bones and shit, right? You're you're good.
2: I mean there, yeah. there was a there was a cool scene in like when he when Ifrit's fighting Garuda where like you see his arm grow back and like it's just bone and then you see like the tendons grow back into it and then the skin grow back which is pretty dope.
1: Yeah, they do a yeah, yeah, lot like, stuff like that too. That is cool, but it's just like there's a like a mental like line you can draw between like a fancy yeah. monster doing that and then just someone's yeah, exactly. hand.
2: Okay. So we're we're up with, we're up to slightly taking hugo away and yeah, we're and basically we... back we're basically basically back where byron and Clyde no no no, are no not yet end. i'm
0: sorry i'm sorry they're not going to let me move past this once we lose track you of know Hugo, what happens yeah. <laughs> once we lose track of hugo we go back to the um the hideaway jill has to rest to um to oh, recover from Lord. her injuries and we get well, the we get the mid, yes, sit, mid we get the mid mini arc where she's like hey so oh, i'm going fuck to, that i'm i'm here at the oh, hideaway yeah, can I'm you help sure. me? okay
2: okay so let me let me let me explain like three hours of storyline that's not story oh we got to go build an mithril engine
0: cool. Oh, no no that's not the, that's not here yet that's not here yet this this part is oh yeah co- oh, co- this is helping co- her build a right. workshop oh, in the oh, hideaway I forgot,
1: I forgot so the we spent 2 part. hours Doing the workshop and then workshop and then and two then hours like, with the metro engine
2: later, yeah. Oh my I, god, I hate mid so much.
1: I, yeah, I, I also want oh, to
2: point right, out that is- it
0: is- <laughs> I also want to point out that um, while I was going through my notes, uh, well, not my notes, the game's uh, situation map notes, they just completely skip the section. We just go straight from uh, Hugo escaping. They do. Of course, course they, they would.
2: <laughs> someone's like, nothing happens. I can it's see like- why they call her mid.
1: Oh my god. Was, is this was, supposed was, to be like is on whole the name? nose? Mid- shit is Mid-Adol. Yeah, Mid-Adol. Like, Mid-Adol? Yeah, mid It's Mid-Adol? They called yeah. her Mid? Haha, ha, I get Mid-Adol it. It's
0: don't, don't do that, They should have just called
2: her Midol at this point, bro.
0: To be fair, her name being Mid is unfortunate because it's a callback to Final Fantasy V. There's a lot of Either
3: callbacks way. to Final Fantasy V. Liquid. Either way, just... Mid is like the harbinger of the plot is about to come to a screeching halt. You've just fought Hugo, you've got this big climactic thing happening. You've cut his hands off. He's what? raging yeah, showed, out. Yeah, weird, Walud Wink has
1: showed up. Has, fucking yeah, beat his ass. Walud and now intervenes for some reason, and, and you're like,
3: "What game? is going on? We need to catch Kuka, And then it's like, "Nah, we don't know where he's gone." Even what do you though mean we don't know like, where he's gone. <laughs> yeah, like if it was another RPG, they no. would just
1: no I'm, make I'm the assumption because this because this because. <laughs> Let's skip over this and tie back into Byron. It's like Byron's like, okay, we know they're on a boat. There are two armies. Well, this is... One's marching south of Dalmechia and one's taking boats to Dalmechia. We don't know which one. And if we do, then it's not worth it. This go for the workshop yeah. and then we'll uh, march down to Dalmechia. Me and Clive, and we're just going to kill uh, Hugo. Wink, wink. We won't destroy the Mother Crystal. I swear, Jill, we won't do this without you. Come on, Uncle Byron. Now we're back at the barn. Like, Twenty minutes later, that, but that's where
2: Vivian actually like comes in story wise with, with Hugo. So
0: yeah, she's her, just like, yeah, that's, so... her one,
2: that's her one and done. Hey, I know where Hugo is. Awesome. Now you won't be relevant for the rest of the game.
0: Yeah, she's stopped the story. Talk
1: to you, <laughs>
0: but also, also like stopped at oh, Delmechia where Drake's Spang is. Maybe yeah, they dropped exactly. him off like, there. Where is? Where is Hugo? Oh, he's at his house. <laughs>
1: that was the first house? place we'd exactly. crystal. Thank you, uh, Vivian. I did not need 20 <laughs> minutes of that shit, of fucking what? maps. It looks Honestly, aesthetically pleasing, I'll give yeah. it that, but, like, even, fuck me, man, come on. Even, even if he
3: wasn't, like, Hugo has been captured, his men are in disarray, now is the time to move on Drake's Fang, like, yeah. there are any number of reasons that you could've gone immediately there without needing. So much filler. So much filler.
0: I, I want to take a page of Dragon Ball Z a joke book in that they'd never take Hugo back to Drake's thing. That'd be the first place we look. So this
2: is where business unit three was like, yeah, we need to start adding in the Final Fantasy fourteen story stuff. <laughs> yeah, I it's
0: Let's one of those things where quests. it's one of those things where the story hit a emotional high and I guess they wanted to give you a cooldown before going to the next emotional high.
2: No, bro, you just go right into the next one. Like, I want want Koopka's head. I got his hands now, I want his head. Yeah, if a game, like, I just, yeah, I
3: really don't like the the up and down pacing that it has here, because it's like, yeah, I can understand wanting a cooldown period, but we haven't earned the cooldown period. Koopka's still alive.
2: (laughs) Oh, man.
0: The next cooldown period I'm more on board with, but that's also because it's after Titan dies. But yeah. Yeah, um, look, that's... Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we, we take we take Byron to Dalmec. We also have a little side quest moment where we meet another one of his associates named Lubor. Um, he's one of my favorites in the game. Not like top, but I, I, I think he's worth mentioning. Um, yeah, he's a good
1: Lubor kid. is worth mentioning because he's a smug asshole, just like Sid, and he knows it. And he just like pisses mm-hmm. off By- him and Byron getting in a pissing match is so he's, funny. Well,
2: he's it he's is. really he's he's really young. It's like he's trying to aspire to be a lot, a lot like Sid. Like,
1: I don't like, think like Sid, I think like the mentor that was. The lady that Sid knew the and Sid then he was yeah. there. Yeah, because yeah. he's in a similar
0: boats. where like, he's you can also tell taking the chip on off his shoulder. Mantle. But he
3: wears that chip pretty well. Yeah. And then yeah, later we can also find out more about why he's got as much of a chip on his shoulder and why he's sympathetic to bearers. Yeah. But yes, Lub, yeah. fun character. I think he's probably my favorite out of the like hub
0: side quest characters. Oh yeah, in that, yeah, in that yeah, sense, mine. yeah, he's mine too. But yeah, um, but, um, when, we, when we get to the Dallamil Inn, we have this whole section where um, Byron and Clive go inside um, because, hey, inns are good places for information. And also, Byron's hungry. Um, so, oh yeah, it, Byron,
1: Byron's real hungry. So and Byron starts the funniest chain of events in this game where it's like, oh, man, it sure is tiring having to go hunt for Hugo Cupo uh, and fighting ships in order to do all this shit. And Clive's just staring at him with the guards just right next to him. And he's just like, oh, well. Um, and then before they start fighting, he just scarched out as much food as he can, gets I up with all the food, so rides behind again. the counter, and then Clive starts to fight. It's like, brilliant, Uncle Byron. Thank you. And because, because like, the first that... thing
3: Clive does to start the fight is he c- kicks the table over. And yeah. Byron, like, almost by instinct knows that, so he just stuffs his face yeah, so that he, he can it...
1: eat before it starts. Yeah, he picks, picks no, up the
2: I... whole bowl and, like, fucking downs it real quick.
1: I love and how I love... the soup is all over his beard, too. I don't know, but, um... And the soldiers up. are, like, actively
3: distracted by what this <laughs> madman is doing. No, but the funniest thing that someone posted...
1: <laughs> Twitter! I saw. If you go in photo mode in that fight and turn the camera to behind the counter, you can still see him fully animated eating the fucking food. <laughs>
2: That's so good. That is good, bro. I did not know that. Oh, uh, by the way, in that fight, I killed them all basically instantaneously. I just used ignition right there in that small room. Oh, yeah, Shit no, ignition hilarious. is so good for those fights. <laughs> I was like, I know exactly what I'm doing. Ignition killed all of them and, like, Literally
0: yeah. one go. Ignition also, is my my mob killer. There, there's <laughs> the third phase in the typhon fight where you're fighting mooks and he summons like twenty uh enemies at you. I just popped
1: ignition and took them all out in one run. I don't remember which one ignition is. is it's it's, uh, uh, it's an effort like dash one. It's the ifrit run. Oh the ifrit run, yeah. I never used yep. any of the ifrit kills. <laughs> I just kept saving mine up so like I have to because I probably played it will really badly is because so it's I like, oh Garuda's Big t- uh, Tornado. I want that one. Ooh, Titan's uh, Fist. I want that one. Ooh, if, Judgment if, Bolt. I want that one. I if kept,
2: you didn't use Lightning Rod and Willow the Wakes in your first playthrough, you were playing the game wrong. I totally did not. I didn't, I I used, didn't use either of them,
3: but what I would do is I would use Ignition to gather up enemies, and any that didn't die, I would use... um ramu's pile drive like the big aoe afterwards yeah and man you can just clean up so much with that
2: this, it's just the destroying stagger bars with bosses with will awakes and lightning rod is just it's it's too fun and it's it, it destroys their their stagger bars like it's the quickest
3: yeah, thing in the game in my so final fantasy on mode on run, i've Wikes. been using lightning rod a lot
0: yeah also turning on will of the Wax and then doing the um ignition run is also really good because you just have the fireball shield running around you while you're also just charging into things.
2: Okay, we'll, we'll talk more about the skills once we... Let's finish the rest of the story. We're, we're getting there now. Yeah, I'm sure through. we don't need a, an episode two for this.
0: I'm sure. I can split it in post if you guys want to keep going. I've got all night. I don't know about y'all. Uh, it's, yeah, it's two in
3: the afternoon for me, so I've got tons of time.
0: I'll, I'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. Well, then let's finish this. <laughs> yeah. So, so after uh, dur- during the bar brawl, uh, the, in the in part in in the in part where there's uh, rooms upstairs, Joshua is also sitting there eating his food and ignoring his veggies. And Yote went downstairs to get him some water, and she's just been watching from the balcony this entire fight go down. And I guess she's just like, yeah, no, it's not time for Joshua and Clive to meet each other. So as soon as the fighting's done, I'm gonna take Joshua, jump out a window, and run away. Um, does she know that he's Clive? I don't know actually, but she's I don't because
2: we've never we at that point we never saw them. We never the the scene that we saw right after um Phoenix Gate was only only Joshua. Joshua. Yeah, yeah. It was only Joshua. So I'm assuming Yote doesn't even know, have any idea who
0: that is at that yeah, point. Yeah, she's just like at best she danger.
3: knows it's outlaw. Yeah.
0: Yeah, she's just like danger, get him out. Um, but yeah, uh, as as Joshua is escaping, Clive also just like feels a pull, and he runs directly to the room that Joshua was just in. But it's cleared out. Even looking out the window, he's like, "Yeah, there's no one here." But I felt something, and I know Joshua was here because his veggies haven't been eaten. Um, But yeah, they, after helping out Lubor doing like a side quest in the main quest again, um, they make their way to Drake's thing. And there's just like this, uh, another really touching moment with Byron where he just like grabs onto Clive and goes, look, I'm sorry for how I handled the situation after, after Phoenix gate, these last 20 years, I've just been putting my head in the sand and hiding and just keeping myself alive, sort of thing. But I'm I'm ready to change, and I'm really proud of everything that you've done, and everything that you're doing, and it's it's really touching, it's really nice. And that the was, scene where I was terrified really, me.
3: Yeah, that was where I, I was so really scared, scared that it was like, I oh. Yeah, here is a character resolution. If you survive the next two hours, you're good till credits. But I was so afraid that he was gonna die. Yeah, that, I was. There was a a I death like, for Byron. Also, an-
1: yeah.
2: another thing that I I thought was kind of weird, and I was like, it, I was like, oh god, I hope he's not evil. Was when he was paying off the one bandit trying oh, to get no, information. Was, I was just no. like, I was like, what's he's, he's acting really odd right there? But I was like, okay, maybe he's just acting odd for for. For reasons, yeah, because a very Lou Moore do some useless yeah, side quest for like thirty he's minutes. A, he's just an idiot.
1: He, a very rich idiot that got that see, Clive is smart, he's intellectual. He tried to do all these things, it didn't work. What'd uh uh Byron do? He knew exactly what works. Hey, I'm just a big dumb rich guy with like a hundred grand in my pocket who wants to take me to the illegals. All right, there we go. I got it, Clive. See? Yeah, Byron's there's handling can- of that a situation a is really fun. Byron.
3: Yeah. Like he's he's such a goober, but he also like he gets shit done like often better than most of the other characters. What, what, do. what was it?
2: What what was it when he showed up uh at the hideaway? Like he's like, he's like, yeah, it's like four it's like four hundred K. Go ahead and go put that in uh Clive's uh room. And Gav's like, what the fuck?
4: Yeah, Gav's no, it's eyes not just 400K. Open.
1: He says like, oh, there I was like, what's this? Oh, it's like two thousand uh uh, tomes or whatever, and yeah. Alex, I was just like, "Auto, yeah. auto yeah. how much is like one tome?" Is like about like about like, yeah, a hundred thousand yeah. gil. He's like, he gave us two thousand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He just
3: shows up and donates like literally millions to your cause.
1: Yeah, I, I also really like it's,
0: the tone of that uh, cutscene and it's direction awful. because it, it, Byron showing up just turns the game into a comedy moment. Yeah. <laughs> Which the game kind of needed,
3: honestly. He he, he was he's very very, very appreciated. Pretty. Yeah, he's very yeah. appreciated levity.
2: Yeah. Okay, so we're going. We're just going straight to the straight time in. of fight.
0: Yeah. One, yeah,
1: well, big is, set piece spectacle. That's spectacle that's all that happens after the end, is just we just go on well, a little you, trip you, to you fight through. Yeah, you fight through some
3: Ultima mooks, and it's like, ooh, Walloon yeah. seems to be in league with Ultima, and that yeah, because the, the ogres order. are there and just like, hey, what's going on? But you yeah, we do get to see some of Hugo dealing with the fact that he doesn't have hands anymore, and his like his crappy like made
0: of metal ones that why, don't have why working would he try fingers. To pick, why
2: the hell would he try to pick up a, a spoon or a fork with those fucking hands? He, that's he's, trying, a, he's a big man. That's, he doesn't
0: need help. And the moment that it doesn't work, he's going to smash the table.
2: That scene made me laugh so hard, and it was such a sad scene for him because it's just like this dude's this dude's handicapped now. But I'm it's laughing at it because he's like trying to pick crazy. up a he's trying to pick up a fucking fork with like basically hands that can't move with Hulk hands.
0: <laughs> it's the same sort of concept then- that happened with the Benedicta thing before, but except. Where it was Benedicta lost Garuda and lost her will to live. It's just Hugo lost his hands and lost his yeah, will Hugo's to live. Hugo's lost his hands. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Hugo time is time, not as sympathetic.
2: Also, <laughs> but, also Sleipnir was chilling there and he was, that dude's such eight. a fucking dick. Like, yeah, I love yeah, him. He, just, he just kind <laughs> of
3: goads Kupka for a bit and is just like, yeah, because hey. Kupka was like, you, you, you grabbed me. I had him, and he's like, he was about to cut your head off. You suck. <laughs> like, what are you doing? You're a waste of space. Why are you? But maybe if you were the heart of a crystal, mother crystal,
1: and Kupka's just sort of get like, you uh, can your hands back. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Well, can I guess I don't have cripple? anything else to do. Yeah,
0: and Cooper gets to the heart of the mother crystal, and he's just losing it. He sees uh, Benedicted there, and he's like pleading with her. And then, uh, Ifrit bites down on her neck, and then it turns into Clive, and he's
1: losing it even more. They're all naked. Uh, it, for some reason. Just
0: want to point like, out okay. that, that seems quite hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's like like because of because it's Ifrit, and it, he he shoots out flames or. Look, anybody,
1: it, look, anyone Ifrit bites down Benedicta and they're both hey. naked, that's the hot part. Someone turns into Clive, it's a
2: monster. Clive and Benedicta, think are gonna be thing. I, can I
3: see it. Look, hell, I'll even take the, the, the Ifrit and Benedicta. No, I, didn't that, know I was a in a room version. full of you monster fuckers. I thought it was just mecha fuckers here. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I am, I am, don't worry. <laughs> look, I just. Tell me that. Tell me that neck biting isn't hot, and I will tell you you're a liar. So anyway, um... <laughs> moving
0: on. <laughs> yeah, we we like both of them like prime out, and they, they, it's a really good. It, <laughs> it, it's a fun fight when it's Titan and um and it, it prime is in time.
1: It just is before we the jump into that longest sequence oh, of like prime it, icon. It fights. is like an By hour far. long, fight or something. But oh, yeah, this is right huge. before.
3: I want to call. I just want to circle back because the, for the start of Act Two, there's this thing where like Clive can't turn into Ifrit anymore. He just he can't get it up, and then right before the Koopka fight, he's just like, "Oh, now I can." Yeah. And I don't understand what the purpose of that was, other than to not let him transform during the Drake's
1: breath. It's, like he... all, it's also it's like, "Oh, I can transform into Ifrit against Typhon." Okay, I can't do it anymore, and it's like. It's,
2: it's really but weird how, how Ifrit, Ifrit can just, like, come and go as he pleases. It's almost like fucking Hulk and Bruce Banner.
0: I think, <laughs> yeah. I think, it's like, <laughs> I think it's a thing of, because because the fight with himself and the fight against Typhon were mental <laughs> fights, he can mentally prime into Ifrit,
1: no, I, but he's never physically done it. I think what it was oh, for me is, like, oh, he managed to, like, kind of grasp hold of the priming power with the shadow fight. And then when you fight Typhon, he was able to fully transform because his, like, mental state is better. But then, like, Sid died, like, immediately after. So he kind of, like, stepped back, you know? I I just feel like it wasn't described well enough. It's just like, I can transform. Damn, uh, Jill, I'm sorry that I can't transform. What the fuck?
3: (laughs) No, that's a good point. Um. I yeah I at first assumed it was because yeah after the whole stuff with Sid after Ultima tries to claim him it like puts a block on his powers because Ultima's done something and that makes sense to me but yeah then you then you also pointed out that yeah the fight with Titan is actually the first time in the real world and not in his mind palace that Clive has actually turned into Ifrit by choice
0: yeah and I think that was just like it, that that's my read on the situation is that this is the first time. He's physically done it, and every other time it's like, he's mentally done it, but he's never been able to get past the hurdle of being able to do it in real life. It's still um, an
3: unsatisfying resolution, though, because all of a sudden he just needs it and Jill isn't around, so he
0: does it. Yeah, I think it might also come down to the fact that it's against Hugo, and like, they want the big, first time he's done it is against the big man himself.
3: I just um I'm I'm going to go ahead here and and just say that um the reason is because he can't do it while she's watching, okay? Don't worry, he'll get over that later.
1: He has to get more comfortable with the men. No Jill, I can't do it while him. you're watching. Go away.
0: <laughs> but yeah, um I I also really uh, like oh sorry, you go shinky.
2: Okay, so like We didn't mention that uh, Hugo's home is a castle actually inside the Mother Crystal.
0: Oh, yeah. No, he's like super extra about it. Like it's underground. (laughs) The Mother Crystal is hanging above his castle.
1: Yeah, shit's and wild. The heartstone like, is inside, like the main room behind his... Yeah, you know, like it's he's so self-absorbed. I love it.
2: Yeah, he's like, you know what? This is my mother crystal. I'm going to put my home here. And it has to be a giant desert castle. I'm like, oh, that's impressive. It
0: it serves oh, well, per- it serves both the purpose of making him look really egotistical, but also they know that people are going after the mother crystals. And if you want to get to uh, Drake's fang, then you have to go through him,
2: which is smart. Because not many
3: people go through him. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think the whole thing is, yeah, it's a good showcase of his general personality of being, like, He's kind of cunning, but really, he's just like very aware of his own strength.
1: Yeah, and which, they show to him be fair, to be fairly him on this four-phase boss fight. He should be proud of that strength because well, you for fight real. him real, yeah. You <laughs> fight him primed. You fight him as uh, Titan. Then you fight him as Titan Lost, which is the best song in the game because for it's sure. finally like one of the few tracks that's not fucking orchestral. And then you fight him while you're falling down like uh, the Phoenix fighting the first time. And it's like, man, Ku- Kupo's just too angry to die. And I love him for it. And then after that, finally he's dead. And he, I remember, I, f- I forgot to mention this. After you beat him the second time, it's like, all right, I'm losing. Eat a dick, Clive. And he eats the mother crystal <laughs> heart. And then he turns a tiny loss, which is just this, because like, okay, Drake's Fang is a mountain and then it's like, that thing is an anthill to how big Titan Lost is. And it's like, can yeah. you imagine the people in Delmeki going, hey, the mountain got bigger. Titan, yeah, bigger. I, I it's kinda, like four times the had... size. What the fuck?
3: I kind of wish we'd had a couple of scenes of people like seeing this fight from a distance. Yeah. Because, like, he's, he, when Titan eats the mother crystal and turns into a literal mountain, like he's,
1: he's full what on like, to a literal mountain. We're in the mountain. It's huge. What is he? Well, he eats the heart,
3: and then he turns into the mountain.
1: Like, he but, into but the like, mountain. he's mountain.
2: Yeah, he's like he's full on visible from space size. He's huge. Yeah. Um. Before before the uh, Titan loss, he had mentioned uh, during the fight during the actual fight with Ifrit. Uh, Hugo mentions like the uh, whole um, "I'm gonna be king of the world and you're gonna be my queen" aspect with Benedicta. Uh, still showing his like. Uh, you know, he's better than everyone else kind of thing.
0: Yeah. And also still somewhat delusional if he's calling out to Benedicta. Yeah. Um, something yeah. I really like about the first phase of the fight is that, um, Ifrit is like, Clive is still learning how to control Ifrit and he's learning by fighting Titan. Like he sees Titan erect his shield and then Titan counterattacks. And he's like, hold on a second. If he can do that, then I can as well. And then he does, an attack in a cinematic and then it just unlocks that move for you to use as a thing and this is going to be a thing for the next couple of fights. It's just that every time you do an Efreet fight, you're unlocking more and more of Efreet's abilities as Clive's getting he's, used to fighting. He, as he, also says,
2: he also says the exact line twice in that fight because he does it again when they're falling down the fucking hole and he's like he's like, huh, if he can do it, maybe I can too and starts absorbing ether. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of appreciate that, yeah, like Clive because
3: it's not even just in this fight. Like, he does it a couple of other times as well, where it's just like, if you, yeah. Oh, yeah, he you have this ability? Story, honestly, I have this ability.
1: Like, you know what? Fuck you, you can do that? It's mine now. Except yeah. it's not more like a mimic type thing. It's more like, well, if someone can do it, then it's possible for me to do it, because you're magic power, I'm magic power. What's the difference? You're earth or your ice and I'm fire? Fuck that, same thing. Well, okay. also, because he's mythos. That's true. That, that oh, yeah. true. We're, we're getting there. Yeah. Um, oh yeah.
0: And yeah, the the Titan Lost fight, like everyone said, best one of the best songs in the game. At this point yeah, of the game, probably. has
2: anyone had anyone even actually called him Mythos yet, other than Ultima? I think
3: I
0: Ultima think
2: did. Slapnia does.
0: Slapnia um, does. He, yeah.
2: Yeah. When he comes yeah, to
3: um, right. grab Kuka, yeah. um, Clive, I think tries to stop him, and he's just like another time Mythos. Yeah. Although he we, he pronounces it interestingly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah, a, uh, it's like an elongated Y with an R at the end of it. And he sneaks Muthos. a U in there. Yeah. Muthos. Yeah, Muth, yeah. Muthos. Yeah. The Waludas have yeah, a really but, uh, interesting uh, accent. But, like,
2: they... Uh, I forgot that... Until just, like, we are mentioning Mythos, that uh, the Ifrit version of him during uh, Phoenix Gate calls it Mythos, but it's, like, just in the fucking Ifrit gibberish.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, they do that, too.
2: Because you're like, what the fuck does Mythos mean? Back when the game first started, you're like, what the hell does that even mean?
0: <laughs> and yeah, uh, Dede earlier said these can become Astra's Wrath fights. This is just an Astra's Wrath fight when it gets to Titan yeah. Lost. Like, this is this, all spectacle yeah. and set piece, and I don't know how well it's going to hold up on a second playthrough. Um, Probably not well. But... I, I, feel I like think this might be cool but I, no. I feel like this is something that Trin might want to quickly jump in on if um she's had something to say to you about this Shinky with Titan yeah, more specifically. She,
2: I mean specifically like me and her both have already played the game and so I've obviously played the second playthrough um it's just the the, the music still hits man that's for for her and for me both the music still hits real hard like the thing that's i think it's the best music in the game other than maybe like I said, Typhon and Bahamut's theme probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's it, and like she said, it, it's very it is very Oshiro's wrath. Like the whole like the whole flipping and 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 running up like th- basically this god. I mean, you're you're tiny compared to him. So uh,
1: yeah, it's God like, of War. It's the God of War fight when you're fighting against Kronos. <laughs> it's about, yeah, it's the same size. I, it's very God of War. I I, th- I
2: think her. The thing she was complaining about the most when it came to uh, Titan was the, the last fight. Yeah, like, and I kind of agree in certain agree. ways. Like, yeah, like, like the whole like the whole him co- uh, effort coming down with, with his like one of the appendages and just like slapping through Titan, Lost, and- That right there should have been the kill shot. Just right, I do I, 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 the, the whole mountain the, in half, yeah. The whole falling through Titan Lost because that's that's basically the insinuation is they're falling through this fucking mountain the whole time. Which and brings up
0: the question is Titan lost a mecha? Which I say he is. I don't know, yeah. man. I, I don't I think
2: I think Hugo should have died right then and there. Uh, and, and that's how that's how Trin feels about it too, man. Agree. i agree if I, I hadn't.
0: Sorry, I, I just want to quickly get shot. this out. I'd, I'd agree with that if I, they hadn't shown the kill shot in trailers. Because when the kill oh. shot happened, I was like, man, that was a really satisfying fight. It's a shame that they showed that shot in a trailer. And so that la- last final push, that's really like, it really emphasizes that Hugo will not quit. And it's short enough that I can appreciate Hugo not You're wanting reckon? to quit. I found that, that part it's it's, it's a, lot of it, a lot of it so long a lot of it comes down to they showed that final kill shot in a trailer and i would have been disappointed if that was the kill shot so having that last I, little bit as the send away that they never showed before hits me a little different
2: now, now don't get me wrong the, the music in the in the fall sequence is is really great like but i just don't think the, the whole falling sequence was needed like I don't think he
3: needed an entire extra HP bar, especially because the gameplay is kind of like, I think that's from a gameplay perspective. I think that's the worst part of the oh, entire. Oh, it's probably the of weakest things. of all the Icon w- fights
0: that last bit.
2: You know what I wish they would have done with that part? Like I, I would, I would have been okay with them going ahead and doing that last fight, but not like you said, not a whole nother health bar. They yeah. could have easily done that with quick time events. Easily. could have just they done quick yeah. time events. They yeah, could have done, done, done that like, at like once.
0: The yeah, they've already you know done I, a quick time event fight as well. When we had the Ifrit versus
1: Ifrit fight earlier, so they could have you know gone away with doing like, it again. Probably not like exactly, but like uh, like MGS4 um, when you're uh, f- doing the final boss against uh, Liquid, and it's just like the final fight when you're pl- when you're hearing Old Snake play in the background. It's like it's not a health bar. You're just like, oh, just land ten hits on Asa and then the game's done. Right. You know, we didn't need the whole ass extra, like, dude, dude, just seeing the health bar. I was like, oh my God, this could take forever. Because it is like, I think, yeah,
3: it, it goes on long enough that it is a bit of a bad note to end on. It's, after, it's like, it's after you, after you pull, like, you drop from the sky and you plow one of its tentacles straight through its head, you smash it to pieces. And then, oh, you have actually still got about like eight minutes of fight
2: left.
1: Yeah, if it was just shorter, it would have been perfect, because, like, oh, you smash through, and then it's like, one last desperate push to kill you, and it's like, that would have been great. That's what they were going for. It's just a little too long. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and then after that fight's all done and dusted, Hugo's, like, half a body now, and succumbs to the curse completely. Like, he's completely stone and just a torso and a head now. Um, And Ultima shows up, finally. Like, he makes himself known to clive again and tries to take his body but um clive just gets his composure back and bites off um bites off ultima and then ultima's just like okay i'll come back another time and disappears and over into
1: yonder ultima tries to ultima tries to grab uh alter tries to give uh clive the bad touch but clive goes that's my no no square he's like all right fine i'll come back later
0: i'll come back when you're older there we Um, go and all the way over into Yonder, just watching from a safe distance, um, Barnabas and uh, Sleep are standing there watching Drake's thing dissolve and calling the death of a mother crystal beautiful, like, another another hint that of, like, Barnabas has something going on with him.
2: This is where Sleipnir mentions the whole, oh yeah, we're the ones who put Benedictus head in a box. <laughs> Which, I th- yeah, I feel like
3: most people probably could have figured out already, but I guess, yeah.
0: Yeah, you need confirmation that it was not in fact Sid because you're illiterate. Yeah. And yeah, and then we just cut. The, now we start heading into like the Dion section of the story and we see Dion with his retainer Terrence. They they have a tender moment. And by tender moment, I mean, they have an on-screen gay kiss that didn't needed to get the Disney treatment and refused to get the Disney treatment, which caused this game to get banned in Saudi Arabia. And um, which
1: as a tangent, Spider-Man 2 on PS5 is getting the Saudi Arabia treatment. They are censoring some stuff in there. It's like, man, Square Enix did it. Why can't you? Come on, and Square Enix did it for God's sake.
0: <laughs> and yet, yeah, um, so the actual uh content of this scene is that Dion and Joshua finally meet up, and Joshua is going to start telling his story about like what's going on with Ultimate and everything to Dion and clue him in on the situation. Try to get Dion on their side, um. And then talk we're about
2: back. how Joshua just pushes and pushes his way through right into that tent, just pushes that dude out the fucking way. He's like, "Nah, get out of my way, bro." Yeah,
0: like, and Terrence damn. goes to take his head, and then Dion's just like, "Hold on, this is the Phoenix.
1: He is meant to be dead. What's going on?" And then Joshua's like, "Okay, have you heard of this game called Final Fantasy Sixteen? I'm about to give you a plot summary." And then it fades to <laughs> black, and uh, Dion's like, Three, All three right, hours
0: what? later. Three
1: Hold out half buddy, hours. Let me
2: let me call Vivian over here. <laughs>
0: Um, and then we enter the second mid uh, filler arc, which is what, what Shinki was getting into earlier. We go around and we collect pieces uh, for her to build her mithril engine because she's going to build the
1: Enterprise and the Enterprise is going to be important later. You and- are so lucky Rodan had to leave real quick you are so lucky. He would have dragged this on for like 10 minutes. I'll do it in his stead. in his, I'll do it for him in his memory. This shit is the worst fucking part of Final Fantasy XVI. Not only does everything grind to a halt, but it's like, alright, you can't even like speed run to get through this part of the game fast. You have to go to like each of the three main cities. You go there. Oh, hey, surprise, there are new side quests you wanted that uh, we put in here as well. And it's like, god,
0: the game is so lucky. It takes five seconds to load each map.
1: It's oh my, if it took any longer, I would have lost my patience. Like yeah, it, another be game, cool. like Soul Hackers 2, you do a lot of fast traveling in that game from face, place to place. And I played on PS5. If I was on PS4 and those load times weren't quick, I would have mm-hmm. fucking deleted that game. That's sh- That would get obnoxious. But back to 16, it's just you go to this area, uh, in mids in during mids fucking section at the midpoint of the game, funny enough it's just okay, go to this area, help Martha do some dumb fucking shit uh just some random side quests essentially that's it a main story quest now. oh, hey look, there's like two three side quests that are now available before uh and after you de- uh beat the thing you're supposed to do in this area. Don't you wanna do them and what's worse is one is the plus missions where it's like I need to do these. I got the oh. choco- white chocolate from this I got the the flower I got the increased healing, so it's like, ah oh, fucking God so it's like, okay, one two plus things is good enough, but just like there's a lot of these quests that show up, especially in the uh the hub area it's like in the uh in the hideout, it's like okay. Here's eight side quests to do, and it's like, oh my god, you're making me do three mandatory, three long ones mandatory for the MSQ. You gave me like two in each of those areas. That's like six, and then you yeah. have the balls to give me like eight in the hideout. I'm losing my patience with you, sixteen. So you're turned your stupid MMO mindset into a single player RPG.
2: Wasn't uh, wasn't one of the things you had to go collect oil? for Her, yeah, yeah, and and uh, we actually skipped that town, I believe. I don't think we mentioned that the town where basically uh Annabelle like straight up crucified a whole bunch of people. Uh,
0: oh, yeah, yeah we, we kind of skipped uh, over that to, to get to Byron and Wade,
1: yeah. yeah I mean, go. that's that's just said, Right, it's like, oh, you go there, you see more, it's just like, oh, here's more cruelty from the baroness. It's like, yeah, yeah she straight up just crucifies
2: like a bunch of bears.
1: Like, yeah, we get it.
3: Annabella's a bitch. We get it. Bearers have it rough.
2: Also, yeah. I
3: I stepped out for a moment because I really needed yeah. to use the bathroom, and yeah. I, and then I get back, and you're just talking about the filler quest. So it's like, wow, I actually haven't missed anything.
2: No, yeah, I don't
0: don't worry. We're well. talking, we're talking I about was going, going to get past it, but he was like, but, I need, but, but, I but, need to but, extend but, this in ca- uh, in Kaiser's should... honor.
1: That's why I and mentioned the exactly whole. That's or... exactly what I, I said. That too. It's like you had to go pee real quick. We're at the mid section. I'll complain about it, everything for you. Yeah, you let go to get worry the yeah. everything.
3: This I I would say if this was the only part of the game where it did this, this would be justified and it would actually be good character for mid because it does show that she has having trouble dealing with the death of her father and she refuses to go and visit his grave and she does anything she can to stall it. But this isn't the only time in the game it does this, so it ca- it's it also isn't just really really long. Yeah, it goes on for too long and, it, and it, it can't be viewed in a vacuum because it's just another example of Mid making things take so long. You know, what was that
2: little, um, I think the town was called uh, Amber, which is which was like going towards going towards uh, Rosalith when the stuff with uh, Hugo and uh, the, the town like basically like turns you away because like they just want don't want any new people there because the Black Shields are like watching them and shit.
0: I uh, think yeah. you might be right, but yeah, I can't remember the name of that town specifically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no. you're
1: right. It is I'm, Amber. They're like, "Hey, we're yeah. here to ask questions." They're like, "Fuck off!" The boxers yeah, yeah. are gonna kill us if we yeah, were yeah. leave. You come back and they are Akashic. and it's just like, There's,
2: okay, so okay. I wasn't, I wasn't the only one who went back there to see what happened. Yeah, like that whole village. Like, not even like a few hours later, if you go back there, like, Clive has whole like has more dialogue. I do like the fact that when you go back to certain places during certain time points, Clive will have dialogue, and so will Jill if you, if you go back. It's pretty interesting. Like, if you go back to, like, Eastpool, after everyone's dead, you can see their, like, graves there, and, like, Clive talk about what happened and everything. So I thought that was interesting.
0: Yeah, no, that's all really cool stuff. And, yeah, also with Eastpool, it like, you go back after the time skip and it's taken over by bandits, and that's really interesting just to see, like, yeah, it's just enemy placement in the world, but it's interesting to see that they're thinking about these sort of things and filling the world out with every small story sequence that's happening.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's cool that they're they showing, like, certain areas, like, they're, they're progressing. There's something happening there. It's not just the same shit always happening.
0: Yeah. And, yeah, Kaiser basically hit every reason why I like this mid filler arc essentially because yeah this is just her putting off accepting that her father's died and visiting his grave and like putting things to rest and I didn't mind it when I was playing through it maybe I'll feel different going through it in the Final Fantasy playthrough run but in the moment I was really absorbed into this I, I didn't hate it as much as everyone else does. I skipped it all ain't gonna lie to you. Yeah no I um, think I, it, I, comes, it's also just, it comes
3: I'm, at a reasonable time in terms of you've just done the big cool thing. Like this this is a more justifiable mid side filler piece than the first one, because Hugo is dead. We're not sure exactly what we're going to do next. We can afford for the plot to slow down. It could still stand to not be quite so mandatory side quest about it, but if it was the only part of the game that did this, I would excuse it.
0: Yeah, and that's that's a fair angle to come from. Um but yeah. Let's 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 move on. <laughs> Let's not stick on the mid-quest for, for any longer. Um, but yeah, uh, you, you, visit Cl- uh, you visit Sid's graves and uh, Caron and uh, Goots show up, Goots being her grandson, and someone has shown up throughout the game. I don't think I've mentioned him at all, but he, he's like a big burly dude that carries Jill on his back to get her to the hideaway the first time. Um, he's also the best. He, he is one of the best. He's, he's a two- big heartwarming-o. Everybody loves him, yeah. Yeah. Um and Caron gives uh, Gutz the Goots to go ahead to join Clive's party for a little bit to get him through this area called the Boklad Markets to get into Twinside. Because they're not getting into Twinside without his um his trader's pass. And so uh, when you get to Boklad, he loses the Traders Pass and starts a little side quest story for where you meet Eloise and Theodore, the last of um the Sid associates at are going to be in the game and they're, they're, they're okay. They're, um, siblings. This section comes too,
3: too close after the last midsection. So I, they're like on their own, Theodore and Eloise are good characters, but man, like I was just so, I was getting really sick of it. I, 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 like,
2: I like Theodore and Eloise a lot. Like I like them a lot. like, where 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 they're at in the main storyline isn't all that great, but their side quests are pretty good. Like, the side I quests with them are great. That's I think, like the
1: yeah. biggest problem. It's like, where these side quests do, and what it does for these characters, is nice. When they're introduced, is bad.
3: Because but- every time they introduce them, you have to do a mandatory side quest to explain who they are and what they do, and it's like, I please, I just finished a section. I've had, like, Half an hour of running through the desert at the very most. Please just let me have more actual momentum.
2: Fun fact: for Eloise, she is Lisa's voice actress from Final Fantasy XIV. Oh, nice! What an upgrade. She actually she she plays a better character. Yeah, I was going to say (laughs) exactly the same thing. She's playing a good character. (laughs) Also,
3: um, just mentioning as well, Zemeckis' incredible aesthetic, really neat area. And yeah, that I love it's a that. shame that nothing on the main story quest touches on why that happened. And you have to go into the tomes to find out why there is a
1: massive crater. It, yeah. It's like made in an abyss, except there's no like people diving into the hole. I don't, I haven't seen that show. I just know people go into a hole or some shit and it's like oh, fucked up, I guess. I like how the only thing that's mentioned is Clive is like,
2: Oh yeah, this is where, this is where God fought men and basically man lost. And that's the reason why we have dominance and bears. Like,
0: oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, and it's, it's just it, side quests just kind of make fun of it. It's like, yeah, so when we're done with things we're just going to chuck them into this pit so they're never seen again. Um, and it's a, it's a lot of inferring the history of the worlds to try and piece together what happened there. Um, oh no, if you if you max out like the Tomes experience, it does straight
3: up just tell you exactly what Zemeckis is and what happened. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, okay, I haven't gone back and read that then.
3: Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it was the site of one of the mo- uh, Mother Crystals Oh no, no, destroyed. I know
0: that part um, and I know that it's like a Mother crystal that got destroyed and caused that crater I just mean like, you have to infer what happened with the Fallen and things like that Oh yeah, no, the, the lore entries straight up state that as well Okay, um, but yeah move, uh, so while, um, while Goots and company are looking for his traitor's pass Um, we also cut a couple of times to Dion confronting his father about the things that are happening around the empire. Um, and straight up says, Hey, you've been a bit of a dick lately. Are you all right? Or are you under the control of Ultima? And Sylvester's just like, who the fuck is Ultima? No, I'm speaking my own mind. Yeah, sure. Annabella's council has been, um, swaying my opinions a bit lately, but, uh, um, no, there's no. Ultima that you speak of I'm just doing everything because I'm a dick um, and so Sylvester and Olivia leave the room to go speak with their council and uh, um, before Dion gets to leave uh, Annabella just starts chastising him and pushing all his buttons and twisting the knife that's already in his back and we, we just get like we leave off this scene with her in a smug look but to avoid coming back to it later she just starts going yeah no you're you're like filthy-blooded. We, I know that you're from a whore mother and you don't deserve to be emperor, which is why I use my powers and, um, and convince uh, Sylvester's astrologers to tell him lies and uh, make him believe that Olivier should be the next in line instead of you. And all you're worthy of being is being Bahamut, a, a, um,
1: just a tool of war for us. And it's just like, man, yes, we get, she's so evil, and it's just like, when I heard that, and it's just like, oh, the only thing is like, you were born from O'Hara, you're like, not pure blood. It's like, I use my skills or whatever. It's like, skills of what? Opening your legs? The fuck? You didn't, you but, haven't I can't,
2: can't remember exactly what he said, but he, said, he calls her like nope. a filthy filthy like, wretch. Yeah he,
3: yeah, he just goes like, oh, you a head.
2: Yeah.
0: I, I love yeah, that insult.
3: Like, but yeah. yeah, Annabella's, yeah.
0: Annabella has problems that are going to she's, come up.
3: Yep. She's she's very hateable and you feel very sorry for Dion. Cause it's like, man, you have how long have you had to deal with this?
1: Longer than um, at, at least 18 like, years.
2: Yeah, longer, longer, than, longer than Clive. Longer 18 than Clive years. Yeah. <laughs> He's had to deal <laughs> with
1: his mother longer than Clive had to. Oh Eight, my god, you're yeah. right.
2: <laughs> Clive was, was fifteen when Phoenix Gate happened. Yep, time skip. skip. Yep. Yep. So Dion literally dealt with Annabelle longer than Clive did. Oof.
1: One one one. more L for uh, Dion over Clive, I guess. (laughs) I guess they really, yeah.
3: Bro, I feel I feel way worse
1: by the end, huh? I really feel
2: bad for Dion compared to Clive, and yeah, I kind of wish they would have had like a moment where they were like, you know what, we are brothers, like, but yeah. I, th- I think it's a yeah,
3: shame Dion doesn't get a chance to interact with more of like the main cast because yeah. he's a really good character, and I think him being sort of like he's not exactly idealistic, but he's still like he still has that chivalrous knight sort of thing to him, even if the world is kind of a shithole, And because I think that, that would have is-
1: been, I think
3: uh-huh. that would have been good, like playing that off Clive's much more sort of cynical, realist perspective.
1: Yeah, it's. I feel like the reason Dion doesn't interact much with the main crew is because you know he becomes out of commission, and then he goes on his own personal redemption uh, quest line that just you know ends up at them and at the final fight and finishes at the final fight. You know, it's like he does his whole character arc on his own.
0: <laughs> yeah, and just to just to avoid like some more back and forth um just continuing on with dion's story here is that he goes back to his encampment uh no no he doesn't even go back to the encampment he goes into like a meeting room where he talks with joshua and he's just like hey so there's these things that have been going on here i want to make sure that i deal with my shit before um joining you on your quest to stop ultima and josh was just like yeah no i get it my mother's a bitch i'm sorry you've had to deal with her and dion's just like yeah no she she married into this house so she's now she's my problem now you don't have to worry about her i i will deal with her and olivier while um and then i will join you as soon as possible to take care of ultima and as soon as joshua leaves he calls over um his dragoons he's just he he just straight up starts a coup and that's that's where we Which get to- then Clive and Jill get to fight through. Yep, yeah, uh, that, that's where Clive and Jill arrive at Twinside not too long before the coup starts, and then the coup starts, and they fight their way through Twinside. Um, Dragoons get in their way, and then they see in the skies, oh, hey, that's Bahamut. What oh, the hell's going we get on?
1: Bahamut, it, before we get to the Bahamut, it's just like, it's really funny how it's like, oh, I poisoned the astrologers to- tell your dad that you're gonna betray him alright, time to prove her right, let <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and also during the fight, it's just like, yo Torgo, chill, we gotta go you know, the shit's fucking up we just came to, you know, investigate what the hell's going on, we gotta go and then they're like, oh shit, where's Goots? and it's like, fuck, they're gonna kill Goots here, no, god it
0: <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, so Bahamut's up in the sky, tearing tearing things apart, going on a rampage and it's like, that's weird had better go stop Bahamut, and then five minutes later, down the dungeon, it's like, wait a second, that's the Phoenix. Joshua's here, and Clive starts freaking out, and this is where like his fifteen-year-old voice starts coming through, like he's yelling for his brother to notice him and to um come back to him. And he like whenever Clive is panicked, he reverts back to being to being his fifteen-year-old voice, and it just it works so wonderfully in these scenes. Um, This, yeah, this, this part is probably like this sequence
3: is another one of those highlight sequences because Bahamut flying around, destroying, like, he really lays into the city. Like, he's lost it completely. He's annihilating people. You have to fight your way through. And then, yeah, then there's Phoenix and Bahamut fighting overhead. You've got the Mother Crystal glowing in the background as this, like, this really, like, beautiful, clear night, and it's just chaos and destruction.
0: Yeah, and as you get closer and closer to, like, the capsule building, the, the destruction is worse and worse. It's, it's and a then, really good setup. Yeah,
3: and then you get that bit where the Mother Crystal, like, the heart of the Mother Crystal appears on the top of the spire, and Bahamut tries to destroy it, and then it, it does a thing, and it's... a like the entire mother crystal just disappears and then suddenly this thing this big crystal thing emerges from the ground and like this whole segment is just like what the hell is going on
0: Yeah and they they're really relishing this moment because early spoiler this is like the this is the biggest moment the game's going to have until the ending this is like their last big set piece and and they go all out with it um oh
1: my god it's so cool cuz now we're actually in... Because we don't even fight Dion Prime. We just go straight into the Icon fight.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and before, even before the Icon fight, we get to the um, Cabisol building and Clive finally confronts uh, Annabella and she just starts laying into him and, like, just seeing him and Jill, she, she doesn't miss a beat. She just starts throwing insults at them and then she starts breaking down going, it should have been you. Like, I you you were the firstborn, you were meant to be the phoenix, and then it rejected you, and that got people talking that maybe um, you were a, a bastard child, and I wasn't worthy, and people were talking down on me and talking down on the family, and it wasn't until Joshua came along and became the phoenix, but then even then, Joshua is just a sickly little child, he shouldn't have been the phoenix, and she's got a lot of um, pent-up stress over, like, I guess, like, the nobility of her bloodline and believing herself to be better than everyone else. And when people started looking down on her, um, that set her over the edge. It doesn't make her any more sympathetic, though. She is
1: a vile woman. Uh, basically, the whole uh summary of this little thing is like, damn, rich people are cunts. Holy shit.
0: And yeah, um... And she... When, and her When she brings up Joshua, Clive's just like what do you mean? Have you not looked out the window? Look over there. The Phoenix is fighting in the skies right now. And as he says that the Phoenix crashes through the side of the building and reverts back to Joshua, but she does, she doesn't take notice of this at all. Um, like she, she's too busy cowering with Olivier trying to protect him. And that's when we get um, Clive turning into Ifrit to protect his brother in like a really cool spectacle. And it doesn't get brought up, but I kind of wish we got something out of, um. Annabella no- seeing Clive turn into a second uh, icon of fire and, like, her reaction to that. But they never touch on that ever. It's,
3: yeah, Annabella gets enough screen time that it is not an excuse that she is as underbaked as she is.
2: Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Clive straight up goes anime style with that transformation. It's pretty good. You're, like, full-on just walking straight into the, like, beam and everything.
0: Yeah, yeah, and yeah. The, the transformation, no. like, erects a firewall to protect everyone as he's turning.
2: You know, now and... that I'm thinking about it, why why didn't Jill become Shiva and help out during that fight? She could have easily um,
1: done that. During yeah. the, um, yeah, have... stuff after, uh, Iron Keep, and I forget what, Dark Souls 2, Iron Keep, and after she got kidnapped by Koopo, uh, it's been kind of like if you talk with uh, the nurse, I forget her name. Uh, what was it? Talia, oh. damn it, the Ta- Talia, the oh, best girl. Talia. Okay, so nah, it's Sharon. Um. So anyway, uh, I've if you like talk with Talia and over here like Talia talking with Joe, where I was like, "Hey, you're doing the same shit Sid was doing, and you're dying at this point. You need to fucking stop." <laughs>
0: Yeah, and there's also the point where after she turns into Shiva at the um Iron Kingdom where once the transformations over she's like she's collapsing and coughing blood over herself and I just kind of get the impression that with with that and like everything that Taya says like it's more of a slight show but then start telling instead of showing more is that if she does it again she's just going to die like will yeah, take think- over her
1: Yes, I think one like of the I saw what happened with Sid, he was turning to stone. He had like months left. He, he, you're lucky you don't have any uh, stone showing, but if you keep this up, it will. And so but, I figured that's why she kind of like doesn't like she still fights and does like her ice powers, but she's like I'm not priming because that's, I that's... I kind of don't want to uh, end up like Sid. That's a shitty way to. Uh... Uh, do that though because like
2: i mean josh was coughing up blood like non-stop bro like he's he's got a he's got heart palpitations he's got a fucking portal on his chest i didn't say it was good i just said what i mean like, yeah, it was good. Not, i just said that's
0: the yeah, no. reason <laughs> but i think there's the, no difference the, the, the problem is just, is that, is... that that seems to be the justification
3: But the problem is, is that is directly at odds with what she straight up tells Clive over and over again, where he's like, I don't want you to have to keep doing this. It's not cool. It's hurting you. And she's like, yeah, we see you fighting as hard as you can. And all of us want to stop. Like, stop telling me I shouldn't do this. This is like, it's my choice to do this. And
0: then she stops because it's bad. Yay. (laughs) Pin pin in that for now. Pin in that for now. (laughs) Because... I'm sure that'll come up when the Jill talk happens. <laughs> um,
3: have an episode dedicated entirely to that.
0: Yeah. So yeah, um, we, we start getting the Ifrit and Bahamut fight, which in turn becomes the Ifrit and Phoenix versus Bahamut fight, because we keep switching control between Ifrit and Phoenix and then back to Ifrit again. And it's such a cool fight. Like I, I really like so- the on rail section with Phoenix where you're fighting against Bahamut and then, the second phase of
1: that. Like, I'm going to be honest, the only reason that Titan isn't my favorite is because of Bahamut, and it's for such a dumb reason, but it's like the swapping back and forth, like, oh, we're playing as multiple characters, multiple icons, and then I'm going to probably segue into what Kai was going to say just now. No, 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 I, hold on,
0: get- because there's one thing I want to add on is that there's, there's that third phase where you're still back as Ifrit normally, but every move you do tags in Phoenix, and that's a really cool thing to yeah. do. You do the beam,
3: and Phoenix will, yeah, show up and do the beam with or you, you and do stuff. the
0: Or um, you do the magic bursts and the um, the backdraft abilities, and then Phoenix comes in with, like, throwing in an extra fireball or summoning a pillar of fire to help back you up. That's
3: cool. Also, should be noted as well, the arena for this part, like, the the giant... Crystal thing that emerges from the ground blossoms, and it's a massive. I think it's called a wyvern's tail
2: yeah. flower. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a, supposed
0: to be the wyvern's tail. Yeah, the, ta- the the flower that um Sylvester always pins to um to Dion's chest.
1: I get it. Yeah,
0: it, it it's such a cool set piece and boss fight combined together. And then yeah, I guess this is where Dong Dong was going to die. I. Uh, not die, uh, go. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting Dong. I got Dong Dong, never die, full on into my brain there instead of going DD. Um, there we go. But yeah, uh, where DD was going to go next is that uh, after, uh, after getting pushed into a corner and Bahamut drinks down the ether of the crystal um, and gets powered up, is that it pushes. And flies
1: it into space. And flies
0: into space, yeah. It forces Ifrit and Phoenix into a corner and triggers like both of their fire combining together to form um is a, a new summon called Ifrit's Risen where they've combined together into a fusion. Um it looks really cool to me. Like it's it's just Ifrit but it's got like um it's got uh, phoenix feathers all throughout it forming wings and they it combines, they go into they follow Bahamut into space and have like this huge space bite that's really cool. And uh, and the music for that phase is pretty crazy. Yeah, this is like Dion's theme, I guess. Um, I forget the name of it, but the it name is- of the fight theme
3: is Ascension, but yeah, the um the violin sort of late motif is one that yeah. comes up earlier during the um the battle between Odin and Bahamut. So yeah. yeah and I it's believe sort of this is,
0: I believe this is Trin's favorite music track in the game.
1: Yeah, it is. It yeah. is a very good one. Yeah, it's her favorite track, sure. But yeah, and now we're fighting, we're Ifrit Phoenix, we're whooping, you know, Bahamut's ass, having fun fighting in a 3D space that will come in handy later. Um, And then fuck Donald Duck, Bahamut's Dion can also use Zeta
0: Flare and doesn't die after using it. This
1: is the reason why this fight is my favorite, despite me loving, you know, Titan and Titan Loss is like the hypest shit, bro the wings of light on bahamut when he's reading zeta flare is so clean it's so good it's like every shot of bahamut doing something in that fight is like wallpaper material for like your tv or your computer or some shit like titan it's like it's framed well but it's a lot of like and shit but it's like okay we're in space we can have the black uh space as a backdrop the call for earth and then just let bahamut go crazy with all the lights and shit like i riff on Final Fantasy for folksy too much on, like, lights and particle effects, but this fight, it's peak. The Wings of Light on Bahamut for Zeta Flare. oh my god, they're just as good as Destiny and Strike Freedom. It's so crisp and clean. Uh,
3: it's an interesting point that you bring up there as well, with the whole, like, a lot of the times Square Enix kind of gets ragged on for um, style over substance. And these icon fights, you could probably make that argument for, but they really are just—they're so awesome, it's but, hard
0: to care. Yeah, the style is so insane that it becomes substance in itself. And I think, yeah, there's enough substance under the rest of
3: the game that you can, like, you can just sort of sit back and enjoy these fights.
1: I think because they are like, like insane. Like for me, the particle, like in when I say when I hop on Final Fantasy for the particles, it's like. You can go ham on particles during, like, big stuff, but it's like I'm... You can't get away from me talking about Kai. But in Kingdom Hearts 3, you have too many particle effects on all of your fucking moves in combat, so your screen is just unwatchable half the time when you're using all your flashy moves. No, so I, agree. I agree
0: with that, and I hate fan mods for movesets because they put even more particle effects on top of it, and I
1: just... It's insane. Yeah, but that's what I like. The particles, when it's just Constantly throughout the game, that's what Square Enix kind of needs to like pull back from sometimes. But once, like, okay, you kind of have like, no, like, sure, there might be like a little bit too much particle effects, but that's only if you're like spamming moves as icons, um, in fight. But it's like, it's a respectable amount of pizzazz during normal combat, it's like, right amount of flare, right amount, just kind of boring looking. And then the big fights. Do whatever you want. Pew pew I'll, pew. How far are you all into uh uh Final Fantasy mode? I haven't replayed it. I've been uh okay. replaying Kingdom Hearts. Uh gonna go through one chain memories and two.
2: Nice.
1: Yeah, I'm I, uh, I just
3: finished Hugo Dominant fight.
0: I finished with Typhon the other day and I've been doing the story summary since. Okay.
2: Yeah um <laughs> Surprisingly, going through the, my second playthrough, I actually disliked the uh, the icon fights as they weren't as good as the first time around. I mean, they were still good, but they weren't as good. Um, also, some of the fights get pretty pretty hard later on. Like Bahamut can like one shot you if you're not careful. It's it's pretty crazy.
0: Yeah, and um, this this kind of goes into like the whole style over substance thing where. I, maybe on the first playthrough there's just enough substance there that it makes up for the lack of what's going on in the Icon fights but then on a repeat playthrough yeah. it doesn't hold up as well, well.
2: I'm sure she's already told you but she, she can't stand the, the, the Icon fights. Like, Trin hates them. But yeah, she, she I know she also worst. really she hates
0: the, um, the Panzer Dragoon she, sections. Yeah, she thinks, it's, she thinks it's literally
1: the worst part about the game and probably could have been removed. <laughs> it's probably even worse on hard harder difficult because it's like oh you know big spectacle well big spectacle fights are supposed to be a little on the easier side but if it's a hard difficulty now it's like well, well the big spectacle fight it's kind of like, annoying to get problem one is it,
2: problem is, is some of these fights like when you get one shotted or like you there's um, during Bahamut there is a um, and it happens during a couple of the, the icon fights or just a couple of fights in general where it's like you need to push the attack, so you've got to break this bar before, like, you know, something completely destroys you. And um I know the other night she was having problems with like that particular fight, in part with uh, Bahamut, because like Bahamut's like charging up like a Terra flare at this point, and sh- there's like this big shield around him, and you have to break the shield, but there's he's just spamming like moves over and over and over, and they're like basically most of them are, like, undodgeable. So, she, I remember she messaged me and she was like, this this is just pissing me off because I've died, like, eight times in a row.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's so. rough when it, the DPS check also requires you to be uh, dextrous with dodging. And, yeah. And if if they crank so, up how much you have to DPS that shield, I can see that getting annoying. So, yeah.
2: She, she, she hates the game. Well, she hates that part of the game, anyways. So... I guess that's that's it's the one thing she don't like about it.
0: Yeah, I what? I can't speak for the ones after Typhon, but Typhon I still felt really good about doing that one. But that's also by the, by the metrics that goes on like like by this point in the game, Typhon is nothing in like t- terms of spectacle. You just he's he's got AoEs that you need to avoid and the demon door that you need to dash through to make sure you avoid those but then he's just kind of a straight-up fight without any of the um, inter- intermediary uh, spectacle moments.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alright. Now, after the fight, we <laughs> yeah, get after- some resolution to some things.
0: <laughs> yeah, so after the fight, um, Dion comes crashing down and then the brothers come down and They they finally embrace, and they're they're together again, and from now on, Joshua and Clive are going to be inseparable, and that's really nice for them, not nice for you. Much to
1: the chagrin of Jill.
3: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I, I absolutely want to shout out, in particular, the way that the scene goes down, where the two brothers embrace, and it's beautiful and wonderful, and then, like, after a second, they look across to the side, and there's Jill, and she, like... Clutches her hands to her chest and starts crying and then starts stepping forward and Joshua
0: turns towards her and
3: kneels down to pet Torgle. Yeah. Priorities,
0: man. Torgul is important. Yeah. The chain of Ooh. command is the brothers,
1: Torgul, killing Annabella, Jill. And you know, like immediately after that, they're just all women at the bottom of the ladder. What could I, I... expect from you, Joshua? I can't believe you. They're yeah, they're beautiful.
3: He's supposed to be his sister,
0: basically, and here he is. He treats Mid better when we get to that meeting. I mean, hell, he he treats Annabella better than Jill in the
3: Seed, man. What's wrong with you,
2: Joshua? True. Um, But yeah, basically what breaks him out of that is uh, fucking Dion, like, stirring. He's got blood coming down his head. He's like, oh, shit.
0: Yeah, uh, Dion's, like, having visions. He looks over at Olivier and sees... um sees Ultima in his place um, so chucks, chucks his spear directly at him and olivier Olivia dissipates like he's a, um an akashic, which is really weird to see but also spurring on what's going to happen next because um, once, um- no, before
1: you get to that point, remember it's at this point where we get the flash to see. Why, no, not yeah, uh, yeah, this is exactly what I'm going to, to go city. into
0: next because he, he yeah. throws the spear first and then we see this. Yeah. Um, this part's really weird as
3: well because it's like, is this is Clive viewing this or are we just getting this for narrative purposes? We're, we're just
1: getting it for narrative purposes, Both? that's what I'm saying. It is yeah. no, doesn't doesn't doesn't
2: Clive see it because like it's right after he absorbs Bahamut,
1: yeah, yeah the way that right it's after, framed, it's right? Kind after of after like, this. Right after the flashback. They're making ends. a totally different game and they still can't escape using the Echo to explain things. They have no idea. <laughs> exactly what I was exactly. thinking. It's like, how did the Echo sneak in here?
0: Because right after the flashback ends, um, uh, Joshua asks what happens and Clive says he'll explain later, which to me signals that Clive saw the flashback. But yeah, in, in the flashback, we see that um, Olivier confronts um, uh, the entire council again. And uh Sylvester's like, hey, call off the dragoons. What the hell is going on? And Dion's just like, Yeah, no, fuck off. Um uh, uh something's taken over hold and Annabella's been uh been roping you into all of these things and uh, making you a worse person than what I believe you are to be. And again to Kaiser's point, we've never seen him be anything more than a warmonger that wants to conquer everything. Um but yeah, um if Sylvester just kind of goes him on and like tries to get uh, settle him down, but then Olivier says something. Um, I think it's like, "Listen to your emperor" or something along those lines. And Dion just lashes out and throws his spear, but Sylvester jumps in the way of it, taking the full brunt of it and saving Olivier. And everyone starts screaming, freaking out, running away. And Olivier Olivier just calmly gets up and his eyes start glowing blue and talking um, really calmly about the situation. Like he's, he knew this would happen and he's been planning it out this entire time. And then he utters the word mythos, which signals to me and everyone that, um that he's under the control of um, Ultima, which is why when he gets, um, when he gets hit with a spear later on, he ter- he turns to dust um. And through his interaction and, like, spurring on Dion's rage even more, um, he kind of sets Bahamut loose and makes Dion lose control of um, the priming process. And that's why this entire time Bahamut's been on a rampage, because Dion himself would never try to harm the people. Like, his entire thing this entire time has been that he wants to protect as many people as possible. He doesn't want war to take place in Twinside. He wants to do this as peacefully as possible and not involve the citizenry. And then once Bahamas unleashed, he's just tearing through everyone and everything. It, it's very uncharacteristic of him. It what is. It?
3: And I think somebody mentions it later. Like it is, it will be remembered as Dion having a tantrum.
2: What did, uh, what did uh, Olivier say to him to turn him a like Kinslayer?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's, yeah he's yeah. like he yeah, now, yeah now go forth bahamut the kinslayer yeah. like he doesn't even address him as dion he addresses him as bahamut because he's just speaking directly to the icon at that point
2: yeah
0: and then yeah after that flashback ends annabella is still in the scene um and she sees joshua and she starts lashing out like she's fully convinced herself now that she's in a delusional nightmare um Everything that's going wrong is because she's in a dream, and to escape it, she slits her own throat. And I clapped when this happened. Everyone says this is a horrible death scene. Um, like she, of- she deserved worse. Yeah,
2: I think exactly what she about death. Yeah, yeah, I've I- seen a lot of people complain about this death.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's just like, oh no, because it's like I get it. She's like, oh, she's having a mental breakdown. She kills herself. And it's just like, you know, I guess there is something to be said about like someone who has like done some like horribly evil stuff and then just kind of gets away with it with the uh with the suicide option and it's just like great yeah fantastic that's not kind of what uh you know i wanted to see for this character but it's just like well it's happened before in real life where it's like oh no i did some horrible thing um bye and it's like great that was yeah it's not
3: satisfying as this yeah
1: like it uh, for a lot of the game. Which I guess sort of... it's like, are they kind of want to make it unsatisfying, because like, oh, I want to see them do this, this, but then it's like she wakes out and then kills herself, and everyone's just kind of like, well, that just happened. Um, I, yeah, just like I, that, but...
3: <laughs> I would be fine if if her death had been a, like, as a final fuck you, um, like, I will deprive you of the, the satisfaction of actually ending me. I kind of think that would have been better, because I think that would have been true to her character, and even if it wouldn't have been, like, um, satisfying. It would have been on brand for the character, and it would have been, like, I kind of would have respected that, but it's her, like, like just yeah. kind of, yeah, it's her losing it, and also just, like, at the end, like, you finally get here at the end of it all with her, and it's like, why did, like, all of this, all of this is largely your fault. Why? And it's, and basically her, her response is, because good breeding. Because bloodlines are important, and I wanted a kid that had Bahamut and Phoenix at the same time, because the Phoenix that I did get sucked.
1: Yeah, it's like, and oh, that's and like, like her, Gee, thanks, Mom, what the hell?
3: Yeah, her, her entire, like, her logic is just, it's so shallow for a character who has as much impact as she does. She and has, it's
1: really unsatisfying. She that, has so much impact, so much screen time, and it's like, I get her reason to be really shallow, because, you know, on a fundamental level, she is, you know, she's a shallow character. Her. Yeah, absolutely. is a shallow character. It's fine, but it's just like, she eats up so much screen time and so many characters have no screen time and it's like, they don't get the same kind of, you know, it's like the treatment is unequal, but it's. Yeah. I, I would take I, her I, like, I don't know how else you could like, write a resolution to that character without like, oh, the fans want, A satisfying thing, but it's just like, well, what would the story kind of go with? And it's like, well, fundamentally, she's a shallow person with the shallow reasoning, and everything about her is like superficial. So it's like, well, if everything about her is superficial, there's not going to be any real, like, you know. Well, that's the thing. I could buy, I could, like, her reasoning being shallow would be fine
3: if her character wasn't shallow, but. There's just, there's, there's nothing to it. And I think, I kind of feel like what it was that happened with Annabella is they wanted to create their Cersei character.
0: Oh, yeah, no, that first, like in the, in the prologue, they, they really ha- hammer in that this is their Cersei. But the problem is, is that Cersei had
3: a lot to her. She's a very deep character. It's part of the reason why she makes such a good villain, is because there's more to her than just being a lunatic bitch who
0: only cares about people's bloodline. And yet They, they, took, the parts, and- they took the parts of Cersei where she's very manipulative and puts her child on the throne, because that, yeah. that ultimately that's what she wants, and she uses her child as like a puppet for her own uh, her own arm ambitions, but she also yeah. deeply loves her children, and the moment they all, like, they all start dying in front of her, and she's put on the, on the seat her, the throne herself, she's just, like, massively depressed and hates herself for what she's done. Yeah. Like, she's a witch- yeah, like,
1: Annabella is a is a we have Cersei at home Um. Just like the, uh, it, the red wedding uh, at home for 14? ARR or some shit? Yeah, I, I Dino, forget what yeah. it's
4: called. I yeah. yeah. Seen game of
1: Thrones. But yeah, I
3: I think you could have taken 3 quarters of Annabella's scenes and given them to Benedicta and the game would have been better.
0: For me, I like the, um, I like the um def because okay. it, this entire time Annabella's has been like this big authoritative bigger and she's always felt in control and smug about all of her moves. She's just like she has been like in her own world for so long and in control of everything that like once everything finally hits the fan and everything she's built crumbles around her. She, and she's lost that control. She's just lost it essentially. Like they, she, she's had everything break down in front of her before her death scene. And um, she, she's at the point where she can't accept that this has happened. She, she fully convinces herself that she is in a bad dream and she needs to escape the bad dream to get back to her perfect world as soon as possible. And if she'd been a more textured character, I think it would have been an awesome
3: way for her to go.
2: The only time she ever showed real emotion is when Sylvester died.
0: (laughs) Yeah, even when she's like, she's going through Phoenix Gate and she's just, uh, Joshua is presumed dead. She's just like, well, well, Yeah, she really doesn't care about that too. (laughs) Yeah, you weren't meant to kill Joshua, but, I guess these things happen.
2: Yeah, when, when Sylvester died and when Olivia died is when the only and time she got any kind of like care for people.
0: It's not even sadness for Sylvester dying. It's just she's scared of Dion now because yeah, someone, like, someone's finally lashed back at her.
2: Yeah, someone someone's been fucking murdered.
0: <laughs> Thank you for listening to part two of the spoiler cast. The next part will be the final part where we finish talking about the story and hit on the dreaded Jill segment that has been bubbling all throughout the discussion. We'll also give our final scores and impressions of the game. I hope you'll tune in for more fun as we close out the discussion.